I Love Mortgage Brokering, Episode 102. If you're prepared to take your mortgage business to the next level, there is only one place to go. I Love Mortgage Brokering with your host, Scott Peckberg. Today on the show, David Ford is back for a second interview, and hes I think he's the second person who's had two interviews. Dustin Woodhouse has done two, and the reason I had David back on, initially when I had him on, he went from... 11 million to 26 million in production in one year and then he went from 26 to 48 and now he's on track to do just over 100 and um, anybody who's doubling that frequently is doing some things right and David's very systematic guy he's very organized and I can see why he's uh, having the success he's having so I think you're going to really enjoy this interview if you want to check out the previous interview it's episode 23 so you can compare where he was to where he is now. Yeah, it's a great guy. And if you enjoyed this interview with David, I'm sure that if you shoot him an email or message him on Facebook and say, hey, it was great for sharing, I know that he would appreciate that. Also, I just want to talk to you about the I Love Mortgage Brokering careers section of our site. So one of the things that's been happening more and more frequently is people would reach out to me and say, hey, Scott, you know, I live in some random community and where should I hang my mortgage license? And I don't always know people in these different communities. And ultimately, choosing a brokerage to me is a very personal thing. And it's really about what's important to you. And I know my wife and I shopped for a car about six months ago. And it was great because all of the cars had these stickers in the window and you could compare you know, one model to the next if you're in a certain class of car and it would allow you to look at the engine size and the mileage. And so, but there is no easy way to compare brokerages. And so this is why we came up with the careers, I love mortgage brokering slash career section. It is allows a broker who's looking at making a change or looking at where to hang their license to go and compare brokerages. You can look at things like, you know, what lenders do they have status with, how, how much volume they're doing as a group. Uh, where they have offices, and then some more detail on what they're looking for. So it just makes it a little bit easier. Uh, so you just go to the Island Mortgage Brokering slash careers, put in your postal code, and you'll be able to find mm-hmm. what's in your area. So check it out, and definitely check out this interview with David. It is an awesome one. Hi, Broker Nation. I'm thrilled to introduce my guest today, David Ford of Verico, the I Want to Own team. David's been a broker for eight years. He was on episode 23 where he shared how he doubled his business in one year by having clearly defined sales process and how he asked for business. I rarely do updates, but David is continuing to double in, in production and that someone who continues to double needs to share what they're doing. And so I'm stoked about this interview today. David, are you ready to rock? Absolutely. Thanks, Scott. Awesome. So can you tell me, let's, let's go back a little bit to the episode 23. You were at 11 million to 26. Let's maybe just do a refresher on what you did for that initial doubling and then we'll talk about what you're doing now. Yeah, absolutely. It was, like you had said, it was a pretty clearly defined sales process. We had, you know, from start to finish where the phone rang, a lead comes in to them being a client. We had just specific tasks to do's that could be split up within different roles if you wanted to build or grow the team or do it all yourself or have an admin. Um, and there was about like, uh, I remember then I had four pages of uh, kind of policies and procedures once the phone rang. And now I've got like, a, it's it's a full five pages and there's a lot more admin stuff in the back end. But th- that's what it was. It was clearly defined what happens every time that the phone rings with a lead till they become a client in renewal. And one of the things we touched on was this whole asking for referrals. So what were you doing and what are you doing now in terms of asking how often and at what points in the process? Yep. Uh, it starts with a seed plant right from the still the initial conversation. 
so it's just a seed plant of because all my business is from referrals. Either it's a realtor, maybe an advisor, definitely a past client. It's reminding the new person why they came to me and why they were introduced in the first place and that we're looking for those types of introductions down the road. So it's just reiterating why they're coming to work with me uh, and then also seed planting for future. And then there's there still is those seven touch points. We still don't ask seven times I, like on every single file. It's just, I think that's almost impossible, but it's a good goal. But there's all those little niceties and touch points that we've continued to do. And I've actually, I've started doing a uh, bigger thank yous for the referrals. Like it used to be, it depends. We, we've done a couple different things. We've done donations on behalf of clients. Uh, we've done Starbucks gift cards. We've done just regular cards. I've now this year, especially for business partners, I've been giving books, like business books that I've been reading. When you receive a book in the mail, uh, it's, it's, a, it's pretty cool. Somebody did it to me, an accountant that I w- was introduced to. He sent one in the mail. Like, well, I was floored. Um, and the book was also awesome and a really good one to read. It's called uh, Traction for, um, by Gino Wickman, if anybody wants to read that one. Come, I'll come back to that. Sure. Uh, but yeah, so it, the thank yous have just gotten a little bit bigger. I've, I've still got blocks from uh, Urban Barn uh, that I give to clients as thank yous. And uh, like just the, the thank yous have kind of stayed consistent in like that 20 to 30 price range. But they've, um, uh, they've been pr- pretty unique and just like a, a cool thank you. So I'm, I'm, it's helped me be top of mind for sure. Right. Okay. So there's a couple of things I want to talk about that you just brought up. So first was if I'm a lead and I phone you, I'm like, Hey, David, my friend Sue told me to call you to pretend I'm that. What would you say to me so that I get a sense of how you sort of plant that seed? What does that look like? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Sue was awesome. First time home buyer. She was a little bit nervous about purchasing a place, uh, but we were actually able to help her out, not just like figuring out what the heck is going on in, in the mortgage industry and in real estate, but the behind the scenes of like, you know, kind of the things that you need to prep with and know about to do with mortgages, to do with personal finance uh, and like the procedures of things so that you're not blindsided when we're asking for this or a realtor tells you to do that. Um, so the reason why Sue probably introduced you to me uh, is because you're looking to buy a place and uh, you want somebody to help out with that guidelines and probably give you some unbiased uh, advice. Is, am I correct? Yeah, totally. So that's ah. awesome. So you actually paint a picture of Sue, the problem you solve, some of the things that she Sue wasn't even aware that, you know, problems that she had. And that way you're kind of in a sense, you're selling me without selling me because you're just talking about a experience. Yeah, exactly right. Right. That's good. So then I want to just touch on this because I love the whole asking for referrals. I think most mortgage brokers are pretty weak at it in, as a group. But so when do you, would you ask for a referral? At what point in the process? So that, that first conversation, we still say, um, you know, throughout this process, if you happen to find other people like your friend, Sue, who introduced you to me that are also looking to buy a place, please introduce us. So that's number one. The card that goes out after we build the application, uh, the in, in good hands card asks for a, for a referral in there. Uh, when we get um, file complete, all the docs, uh, we say, hey, you know, you're, you're all complete, you're ready to go. By the way, you know, did you happen to, you know, notice anybody else that might be thinking about buying or refinancing? Talk about like their product and whatever, because I mean, interest rates have been awesome for the last couple of years. So it's really easy to even bring up like, hey, you know, we could help somebody in this way. We could help probably save money, 
people are naturally bragging about their interest rates because they're so low again. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can touch on that, ask for a referral there. Um, certainly when I see the client, like after everything's been done, like, and if I, if I do get the opportunity to go see them in person once they've purchased a place, or just shortly after a refi, uh, then I'll ask them then. Uh, we do a three-week follow-up, call them, I ask them then. Uh, and actually now, I've got referral cards I should send you, uh, I should send you them. Because we, we post, after completion, we post the client saying, you know, congratulations on your purchase or refinance. We give them the lender reference number, the lender, the starting amount, reiterate their interest rate, and then we talk about, asking for a referral and we actually send two referral or introduction cards so it's a it's a it's an actual like business card specific for referrals and we send that in the mail like uh, at, at completion my admin sends those out right have you p- had picked up how long have you been doing that part of the process the the last part the um, the completion has been since may of last year and have you got any r- business that you can track directly from those cards not directly from those cards, but I know that our past client referrals have gone up substantially in the last, like especially the last year. Um, so it's it's got to be just a combination of things because even last year, I remember I tracked I tracked a file that went to four files back to back, four refinances where one introduced to another, to another, to another, four times in a row, starting in August to the end of October. And so it was like, and, and they were all pretty decent mortgages. Like it, I think it was like 1.8 million collectively between the four of them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, cause it was just like, yeah, who else can we help? Who else can we help? Who else can we help? And it was just bang, 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 one after another. It was awesome. Right. That's awesome. And so do you keep track? You seem like a pretty analytical guy. Do you keep track of sort of the source of your business? So like what percent of your business would you think comes from client? referrals um for sure 50 i i'd have to run like a full analytics of where they're coming from i do have those numbers but i don't have them in front okay of them. and what would, would realtors be a less amount just slightly just slightly less it's probably like 50 50 and it and it used to be more heavily weighted towards realtors for sure it's just because now we've built up a a pretty decent client base, like 327 clients. So we've got like a pretty decent client base, client mm-hmm. transactions. So Yeah. And okay, so now let's talk about some of the other things that you've been doing. So what are kind of things you've been doing in order to go from, because you basically almost doubled again from the 26 million into the next year. So what were you, yeah. what, the, what are some of the changes you made to maintain that crazy increase? So the, we built the, the system and the operations and kind of honed in on the language. The language then got perfected on, on, on my side. And then now that language and the systems now just turned into volume. I hired on a, a really good, uh, let's call her an executive assistant. I, I called her an office manager, but basically she, she does a lot. Um, and she came on in March of last year and mm-hmm. she's been awesome at helping out with all, like getting everything organized. So I don't do anything anymore except for macro items. And then right now I'm doing underwriting and client service stuff because I don't have an underwriter presently, but literally every other piece of the business, like the books, all the, the little niceties, the moving clients from, you know, different sections of our CRM, um, all that, all everything to do with the background, which is quite a bit. 
she does, which is awesome. So I just get to run the machine. Right. And then she's taking care of like the past client marketing and the, yep. and so, okay, you're 50% of your business from client referrals. When you started out, obviously you built, most people build around a realtor base. So then what other sorts of adjustments have you made in the last 12 months that you found have made a big difference in your ability to, you seem like a pretty relaxed guy. So your volume's going pretty good, but you seem either you're just naturally relaxed or you have a pretty good process to hold everything together. No, yeah. Uh, last year, I also stopped working weekends. Yeah, we, we did uh, $48 million last year without working a weekend. And I took actually a 10-day vacation where I completely detached. I didn't touch my phone for 10 days or email. I didn't even flip it open. It was so awesome. who took care of that for you? I had an underwriter. And so she managed the business. And last year, definitely with the volume that we were doing, uh, she was a big help. So having that underwriter in place uh, for the whole year helped out with the volume. And, um, and, and just like that way, I could also still continue to focus on the sales, um, which is just I, I've always just been belly to belly sales guy. Um, I still I don't do any marketing. The only marketing that I do is my newsletter. And I've been doing my newsletter for the last seven years basically and that i just po I, I send out the email newsletter every six weeks right around the same time that bank of canada does their announcement i might write like either before or after depending on if i've got a gut feel or if i'm waiting for certain things i'll write up like uh, an economic report something to do with the market either before or after and what kind of open rate do you get on that 43 percent on average that's really I've good. got about I've got about forty five hundred people in the database. There's at least fifteen hundred opens every time that I send that out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, I was actually on the Vancouver Sun last year. It was featured in the Vancouver Sun, so that was kind of cool. Yeah. So, oh, that's awesome. Tell me about the I Want to Own brand. What what is it that you're doing with that? It, it's it just started honestly with kind of like my headspace. Like at the time when I started it, I didn't even own, and and a lot of my buddies didn't own. So we were like. Well, I want to own. <laughs> and then we just kind of like, I just kind of built like a little bit of like a vision uh, around that. And then I just, I mean, I got the domain name. It was available. It seemed like a, a good idea. It is a little bit of a weird, like it's not like a very traditional mortgage name. Like it's not X financial or something mortgage or whatever, but, but it just, it was something that kind of spoke to me, my circle of influence. And what I feel like a lot of people want to do is they just want to they want to own it. They want to own you know their their own occupied residence. Maybe they want to own a rental property. Maybe they just want to own something outright or a vacation property. But it it was easily relatable to a lot of people, mm -hmm. and, uh, and and so something easy to remember and easy to relate to with what the consumer wants. That's that's why we picked it. Right, and so and obviously the brand uh, in terms of how do your clients respond to they like it yeah absolutely i mean we've uh, i've always been an advice based mortgage broker so like I, I don't get in rate wars i don't compete that way it's always been around advice and helping people either like own their first place own more places pay off their mortgage faster pay off debts so it is something that people like my clients really like because i'm I, i'm i'm sitting down with them i am giving them advice based on their scenario and situation and, uh, and whenever, you know, I think if, if like a service based business and advice based business is going to, I think flourish a lot more with client referrals mm -hmm. than, you know, kind of like doing like the, the rate competing game, stuff like that, where it's just kind of, you know, it, it's, it's not as 
uh, as personal for the client. So right. I don't know that you'd get that many more referrals. And, and you get a, you get an interesting type of client that comes across whenever they're rate shopping. It's just it's it's an rate shoppers versus referrals. I mean, I'm sure that you know. Um, it's just that they're totally different breeds, right? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. There's like two business models, the price business or the advice business. And you exactly. think you can save money by going after the price. But if you make the wrong choice and you don't, you know, you don't put some forethought into term selection or product selection, it can end up costing you. So I totally agree. I think I think both business models will exist. I happen to f- fall into the advice camp as well. Yeah, I, it's just it's just the uh, personal choice, right? Both make money for sure, um, and and that's been proven uh, on both sides. But yeah, it's just your personal preference for sure. Mm-hmm. They both will work. Okay, so tell me now about you said. I want to go back to the gifts thing. That was something you'd talked about. So you did donations on how did clients respond to donations on the rehab versus uh, you're using books now. So. What, you know, um, I thought that it would be something really cool to do a big campaign. We we did a Free the Children campaign, uh, a charity that helps out um, basically seven different locations throughout the world where they're trying to kind of like build a school or um, like help out with orphanage, something like that. We thought that that was going to be okay, but it didn't get that much of a wow. And so, you know, not that I don't donate anymore, you know, I've picked my charities, but we've gone away from that and we've gone like specific kind of more personalized gifts. Um, and the, the, the business books have been a, have been a big one, uh, or just books in general. I don't know. People just like to read, I guess. So, um, yeah, those have gone a long way. I get big shout outs for, uh, for people that get a book in the mail. So what, what about for a client? So obviously that works if it's a realtor, but if I'm just, you know, a cl- if I'm a client that's a nurse or something, would you send me a book? No, or? no. Those, those people, I do the, uh, urban, urban barn is a, is a furniture store down here. They've got like, they've got cool, cool blocks. I'll, I'll send you a photo of it on the block. It says, this is my happy place. And it's just like this wood block kind of cool design and on the back i'll write something nice like you know congratulations on the purchase of your new home all the best and many happy memories and dave and give it to them so those those are more like for clients is are those blocks from uh, urban barn and then the books are for for business partners for, yeah people in the business world because i could see you have to you obviously have to think about the same message doesn't work for your everybody in your audience you need to like tailor it a little bit for sure for sure for sure. Okay, so then now, how are things going? From okay, so you did eleven, twenty six, forty eight. Where are you? Where are you guys trending right now for this year? It's it's so wild. Uh, we're trending for like one hundred and fifteen to one hundred and twenty percent above last year. Um, so, like our trend line says that I'll hit one hundred and ten million or so this year. Right. So that, that's another double, basically. You're like the guy doubling down at the table and. You know, playing blackjack or something. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and from the last interview, one of the books that I recommended was Cameron Harold's Double Double, and like seriously, that that book was awesome. It really got me in the mindset of being able to double your business effectively. Um, because yeah, he, our, well, hold on here. You're he says to increase your business twenty five percent a year, and you'll double every three years. You're kind of you're. You're not following the plan. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. Um, but I, I don't care. I'll keep doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, like seriously, man. Like you're, you're you're not making the book look like it works. No, no, you're right. You're right. Um, but it, yeah, so we're we're doubling again. Uh, our our March uh, and and our quarter one pipeline is is like 
ridiculous. Last year, we were completing uh, eight and a half files a month on average, and um, our, our we're trending at like 13 already. Uh, I know March has got 19 completions, April's got uh, 11 completions already, and then we've got a few uh, into May, I think like four or five. I, I looked at the pipe, there's like, I've got... 18.3 million in live files right now that have to get completed and it's just it's march so you know i know that come june july if we follow the same trend line that i've been doing for the last eight years we'll be doing 30 to 35 files a month completions which is just it's insane it's, it's insane to think about but it's they're right there the numbers are there so what kind of things are you going to do to uh, like sort of manage that growth? Because there comes a point where either you got to work weekends again and you got to put in more hours or like, so do you have a, any kind of plan in place for that? Absolutely. I'm already working long days now. Like I'm, you know, I'm working some days. I'll be lucky if I work nine hours, but yesterday was 15, for example. And sometimes you just have to put in those days to just get organized uh, because I don't have an underwriter at the moment. Uh, that's another thing I need to tackle. I, I thought that I wasn't going to need need one uh, at the start of the year, but then I uh, here we are again on the trend line. So I'm I'm glad that I'm tracking numbers because I'm I'm hiring another underwriter. I'm going to make the job posting this weekend so that I can get them started no later than April first. I, I need somebody in the underwriting position, and then I've also got a sales guy that's going to be starting kind of right around June fifteenth um, because I yeah I, I I want to grow it. I I think that within three years we could be a a four-person, two hundred million team. That's my new goal. Mm-hmm. So, what is the? Just out of curiosity, what's the job? What's the role for the salesperson? They're going to be client-facing and uh, all clients. So they're like, I mean, clients like realtors or clients like client clients. So I'll pro- I'll still be managing the phones, managing existing par- business partners that have been big supporters for years. And then there's like through that newsletter, for example, I know that there are 60 plus realtors that open it five times or more every time that I send it out. And I can't even go sit down with them and talk to them about who we are and what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a missed opportunity. Uh, I- I've-, I've shut off all marketing initiatives because there's just no way that I can actually go see them. Um, and even, even clients, I can't go see clients anymore because I'm just, I'm managing too many files. Like I I just can't go see them face to face. And I've built the business around belly to belly face to face. That's how we've been getting so many referrals. So if, if I can't do that, then I, I, I feel like we're just not doing that good of a job. And, and I, I, I truly do think that we can get to a couple hundred mil in, in the next couple of years by continuing to do what we do. So that salesperson will just be a, a reflection of me going to, going to see clients and going to see business partners and talking about exactly right, like who we are, what we do, our advice, the brand, all that. Your clients from last year, how many of them do you see face-to-face at some point during the process? 80%. And are they seeing you once, twice? Is it the, at the sign commitment meeting or is it like before? Like when do you usually meet them? It used to be always the very first meeting, like, bef- like before we took an app. Uh, or sometimes I would do the app face to face, but now it's probably a mix of uh, building the app together or seeing them at commitment time uh, with like, you know, the, the, the last part might be I'll go see them after funding um, and just, just meet them. Um, and I've been trying really hard to go and see as many clients as possible, past clients, but towards the end of the year, it kind of trailed off. I was I just wasn't able to go see everybody, so... Mm-hmm. I need to get back at that. 
Right, that's really good. Tell me about the book Traction. You brought that up earlier. What's the? What was yeah, that about? is it about uh, chiropractic or something? It kind of. Sounds- <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it was it was an awesome book. Uh, the 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 biggest thing that I got from it was that it it. Uh, still gave more structure to a, a really good functioning team. So it talks about the right person in the right seat, you know, doing the right jobs. It talks about the difference between like the corporate structure where, you know, you might have somebody that's a good founder and visionary who's a terrible kind of CEO. And then, you know, you've got somebody who's like, uh, you know, in the sales side, like they're they're a really good salesperson, but they're not gelling with the team, and you have to have different meetings and and different KPIs and ways that you can track and report on your employees. So it it provides really good corporate structure, which I never had when I hired on the five people that have come and gone. I, I never had good corporate structure. I, I never I never went to business school. I never went down that road. So a lot of the kind of educational background part to running a team and running an organization, I never had. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, this book traction helped to kind of define, clearly define roles, cl- clearly define uh, meetings, all your, all your KPIs, like everything to do with running an organization, it touched on, which was really good because I've, I've read all the kind of like the sales books. I've read, you know, E-Myth where it talks about certain systems of the business, et cetera. But I've, I haven't really read a book that actually kind of does a bit of a blueprint. And this, this book does. And so that kind of got me, it got me excited again to build a team because uh, I was just going to hum along with an assistant. But, you know, now I, I'd like to see the team grow again. So we're going we're gonna to go for it. Mm-hmm. So give me an example of something that you picked up from the book that you are either implemented or you're in the process of implementing. Uh, one of the biggest things that I've uh, found out is in my hiring is if you're going to hire a salesperson, I- I'm not going to go to the broker pool again to try and find an underwriter or a sales guy when previously that's where I went. I was a mortgage broker. I wanted to find more mortgage brokers. I'm going to the the rest of the job world where... I'm going to hire a sales guy who's got sales experience. So the guy that's coming on, his name is Dan, and he uh, he's uh, with with Hayes Recruiting right now, and he's the team lead for their sales team. He's got a lot of sales experience. He's got experience in processes, pipelines, like everything to do with sales, high volume, in a sales job, sales role. I'm bringing that sales guy on to grow the sales side of the business. The underwriter role is going to be somebody who's really analytical and administrative and organized. So I'm going to hire somebody that's 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 like that um, and teach them this industry as kind of like a on an aside almost. Like these people I'm going to bring on in, get them licensed, but they're going to be good at sales and they're going to have a mortgage broker's license. Not they're a mortgage broker and I'm going to teach them how to do sales or they're a mortgage broker and I'm going to teach them how to underwrite the way that I want uh, the team. I want to own team to underwrite. I'm going to take those people and they're going to get licensed just because that's what you have to do in this job. But they're not going to be that same that same type, that mortgage broker type. It's, it's different personalities mm-hmm. um, that I'm looking for now. Okay. Yeah, that's good. So you're going to basically build it from the ground up instead of you know, trying to take someone who's got maybe experience, but they have a certain way of doing things. And then the challenge is getting them to adopt the, your business model. Exactly. 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. So because the the people that I've had in the past, they've been they've been great. Like especially the underwriters, they're really good. They're knowledgeable on the mortgage industry. That's been super helpful. However, they still kind of want to do their own thing. Like mortgage brokers and realtors and everybody that's self employed, they are that way because they want to be their own boss. They they don't want to necessarily work for somebody else. So inevitably, we've just kind of like we've had a good year. Everybody's made a bunch of money, and it's like okay, well. So I kind of want to go do my own thing now. It's like, okay, well, I still want to grow the team. So what do you do? Okay, well, you got to go out and get people that want to be employees. So I'm looking for a couple of employees. Right. That's awesome. Well, hey, man, I really appreciate you taking the time again. And I'll definitely check in with you at the end of this year and see how you know things go. And I really appreciate it. So uh, where can people find you online? I want to own.ca. Awesome. Anybody listening can check out links as well as uh, the show notes to everything that we talked about. David, I hope your business continues to grow, man, and you keep crushing it. Thank you, sir. Absolutely.